Desert 2. And then I think you can like edit it on the on the app. Okay, great. Well, welcome to my unicorn lair, Tyler. <laughs> it's tie time. <laughs> tie time. I like that. Yeah, I was thinking about it. Tie time. Tie tie time. But you don't like that. So tie time. <laughs> tie time sounds better. Why don't you like your nickname that I gave you, Tie Tie? It's not that I don't like it. I just like Tie Tie to me seems uh I don't know, it's like it has like a feminine stigma to it. It does? I don't know when it I guess maybe when it just comes from a girl cuz I mean no guy is like, "Oh, hey Tie Tie." Uh-huh. You know, maybe Cam, but <laughs> <laughs> No, but that cutesy thing. Feminine. Tie Tie. Mm, yeah. Uh-huh. That's why I do it actually. Because but it's not that, like, I don't like it. Like, I like being called tie-tie. Like, I think it's cool. And, like, but does... Well, do you, though? Yeah. But, like, I'm I'm referring to, like, the tie-time. Tie-tie-time doesn't sound as... It doesn't flow as well as just tie-time. Yes, that is a great excuse for... It's true that it doesn't flow as well as tie-time. And not excuse, but, like... But, like, all my friends would just call me T or tie, not tie-tie. So it's a girly to call you tie-tie. Only girls call me Tai Tai. That's an interesting. So why? So that's probably why I think of it as like feminine. Yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely do that feminine Tai Tai, or just that Tai Tai to like cut through your. I don't cold. Sh- or I don't care. Shell. It's yeah. like a little bit cold. Yeah, because immediately it, it like, like pokes you. Yeah, it like pokes me and like softens me. Yeah, yeah. Because I just have to like laugh at it. And then immediately, like, it sheds a layer. Mm. Oh, wow, I know how you do it now. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, I'm to tell everybody to call me Ty Ty. <laughs> oh, Ty Ty. So, um, I'm Sasha, come play. And I'm here with my friend Tyler, um, who has this amazing idea. He was reading a book called Unmasking Masculinity by whom again? The Mask of Masculinity by Lewis House. Oh, The Mask of Masculinity? Yeah. Okay, great. That's the name of the book. Okay, but, and then, do you want to give, like, a little bit of background about how this, like, why you're even sitting in my house right now? <laughs> uh, yeah, so at the advanced course for Landmark, I had the realization that, uh, you know, my whole life I was very stoic and cold and, like, I went through life, like, emotionless and I was pissed off a lot of the time for, like, no reason, um... And so I had, I created the possibility of unmasking masculinity because I thought me being cold and showing no emotion only when I had to was like, that was like me being a man and I was just hiding all my vulnerabilities and all my emotions. Um, but I think a lot of men do that and that's, I didn't, I didn't want to do that anymore. So I wanted to create this possibility so that I can go on this journey and hopefully, uh, help other men and just other people just vicariously grow and show that it's okay to be vulnerable and you're not any less than or weaker than to be vulnerable and open with people. How do you feel right now? I feel really good. I feel like I, I'm very present and I can be just, you know, be myself and be authentic and express my thoughts and emotions were for whatever questions arise. It doesn't matter what questions I ask. I could ask you anything. Uh, or if I said that I'm an... Like, if you gave me that permission, how would that make you feel? Mm. Coming from you, probably uncomfortable, because <laughs> I don't know what kind of questions you're going to ask me. But, sure, yeah. 
That's because I'm a play coach be... and an intimacy coach, and I do a circle called yeah. Purple Circle for... Like I will, I will answer the questions why? as open and authentic as I can. Well, why? Well, and why if, I, if I'm be... not, if you can tell that I'm not being authentic or I'm not being like, you know, like you can try and dig deeper. Like if you can tell that like I'm not being as vulnerable as I should. Because I'm probably, I mean, I have like masks and mechanisms in my mind of that's helped me, my survival my whole life. So, you know, I'm probably very good at hiding it and... And so good at disguising it that, like, a lot of people can't even recognize it. For sure. And I think we all have those. And I want you to know that there's no should level of vulnerability. Mm. Should. Okay. I don't have any That's of those good. for you. Okay. Um, I do love it when you're real. So, and... Yeah, so that's what we're hoping for, I think, today. is That's what anybody would listen to a podcast for, I think, is, like, the real talk. Yeah. Um, okay, well, so, cool. So, let's go back a little bit. So, Unmasking Masculinity is the concept of the project. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you that I wordgasm every time you say those words. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Um, and I think other people do, and it's really enrolling. Like, those two words are actually really enrolling. And I, when I thought... I'm glad you clarified that that's not the name of the book. Yeah. Because uh, you could use it. And I do think it's a brilliant umbrella. Yeah. Um, I was saying to you a minute ago that, you know, men are half the population, or just about, and mm-hmm. we cannot get away from masculinity. I mean, it's literally in every body. There's a masculine side and a feminine side to yeah. our energy and to our world, in my beliefs. Um, we, you know, Native Americans talk about it, Father Sky and Mother Earth, and then, mm. then I believe that we're the children between. You know, we mm. are the bridge between, and that's like where that. it blends. And I, I mean, we can really create an, a vortice of energy, like a yin-yang symbol, where we have a duality and we have both, and that's what this world is about. Yeah. So where I'm going to come from in this podcast is that we, when we cut ourselves off from either the masculine or the feminine, we are half a person or less than a whole person. Mm-hmm. That we need both sides. Like we need I'm, to embody both. Well, I'm a single woman, right? And so if I was just like, okay, I'm like this receiving vessel, pour money into me, I'm never gonna work. Like I wouldn't have this apartment <laughs> by the beach, you know? Yeah, I, yeah, you know, yeah. I have to get up and go to work and be a self starter and make the products and like be you know be the motivation of the mm. masculine side yeah. and then if I go on a date I have to like be in my feminine side or whatever not to like ruffle any feathers don't be too independent don't whatever it is that these exterior shoulds that the female might feel yeah. so I think that the conversation that I want to have in the world is how do we embody all of ourselves all the time mm. and be allowed to be all that we are and not limited by any shoulds from the exterior yeah, yeah. so Will you talk a little bit about, like, how you think we got programmed as a society, like, through which avenues and how you feel like you were programmed or what you saw? Hmm. I think, like, over time, like, when when you started having jobs and, like, men men just started going to work and, like, women would stay home to, like, tend to the kids. And so I think that's probably where... In my mind, that's where, like, the, the separation started to happen in that, you know, like, the masculine man goes to work and, like, and back then it was, like, very labor-intensive jobs, manual labor. So, like, you know, maybe women couldn't do some of the jobs that men were doing back in, you know, the 1900s or whatever. 
and then I think over time that just like that trend has just continued and continued until you know recently now that you have like not now you have more less labor intensive jobs that aren't operating these machineries or lifting hundreds of pounds or whatever um and so like that stigma got created i think because like men were going to the breadwinners you know like they're gonna go work their ass off to to make the money and then they're gonna come home and sit down and you see it on like tv shows all the time like they go work their ass off come home dinner's ready kids are in bed everything and it's just like that's just like not especially nowadays that's not realistic and i think talking about the masculine and feminine energy that there needs to be that that balance of um i mean i see it in my own home of of like my dad he works extremely hard and like i love him to death and but my mom and him run the business together so like my dad does everything in the field my mom does all the th- everything in the office and like handle all the accounting, all the managerial portion of it, all the scheduling, t- all the customer service. Like she does everything. She runs half the business essentially. And my dad always says, you know, like this business would not run without her. But uh, sometimes I feel like he doesn't like actually see that or like actually deep down see what I see because like my mom will wake up early to make him a lunch. And then she'll stay at home afterwards, like taking care of the dogs and cleaning the house. And then she'll go to the office for five hours, but she'll make sure that she gets home before my dad does. So that way she can make dinner. And so that way dinner's ready. And I just like, sometimes I'll see my dad come home and it's like he spent 90% of his daily energy at work. And now he's got 10% left over to give to my mom. And so I just like, but I mean, he does, he loves her to death and like, I'm not, I don't want to speak anything bad of them because they have a great marriage, but I just like, I noticed little things like that. And like my parents having a great marriage and me having a great childhood and great family, like I can only imagine like some people who either their father just isn't present at all, or, you know, what if they come home and like, my dad doesn't like demand that dinner's ready, you know, like. It's just there, like, it's in certain situations, you ha- probably have even over the top the masculine, the toxic masculinity men coming home, and they're like, "Where's my dinner, woman?" You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, uh, or you know, like you have the beat, or maybe they beat them, or yeah. So, I don't really know where. I mean, you also mentioned before about social media. Um, like answering the question that of where do these influences come from? Mm. So you get it from your family life, you get it from your yeah. um, fr- fr- historically. Yeah, I want to go back to that, but we'll see if we get there. <laughs> um, you know, and and we get it through media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think especially the younger generation is definitely heavy, heavily influenced by media snapchat and twitter and instagram and facebook and everything you have like these you have all these women like half naked on instagram and like they have businesses and millions of followers and so girls think like oh i gotta do that to like make a bunch of money you know and then like guys see that and they're like oh like that's the kind of girl that i want you know and then on the other end of the spectrum you have young men looking up to these super steroided out 
douchebags who like now they're looking and seeing like oh I just have to be super jacked and I can be the biggest douche I want and I'll just get millions of followers and people are going to pay me for it yeah there's definitely an influence of that media showing the perfect life and what that should look like and that's basically mm. what media has always done I think um, okay, so I want to take it back, and I also want to say moving forward that if anybody's listening and we use buzzwords like toxic masculinity, divine mm. feminine, those kind of things, drink or hit something. Get drunk. Get high. I like that. I like that. <laughs> um, and we're going to define some of those words in a minute. But um, I wanted to speak to, like, you kind of started our history with the division of labor mm-hmm. between masculine and feminine, what that looks like in the 50s. Mm-hmm. But I want you to think bigger. Mm-hmm. That goes back thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. And some of it makes sense. I mean, caveman times, okay, the baby's coming out of us. It needs to be attached to our boob, you know? Like, yeah. it makes sense that we need to tend the nest and that you need to go out and hunt. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, as men, that makes sense. So I get that. And you're right that through time and through different opportunities that are coming up and just our technological world now, um, we have a lot more access to what we want to create in the world and do for work and all of that everyone yeah um, I think you said it a lot better than me I've been thinking about these concepts for a while now. you summed it up very well <laughs> thank you um, but the one thing also that we have that we haven't touched on uh, as an influence of this division of masculine and feminine mm-hmm. in each body is religion mm. um, you know in tribal times a lot of shamans were women at the beginning and mm. in, in the beginning and healers were women in the beginning and they were communing with mother nature in this this feminine plant medicine realm um and at some point protection came in and we needed it and so you know there was a masculine leader that was a the warrior and then there was a time i think where people probably lived as king and shaman or king and you know, masculine and feminine divine balance creating their, you know, guiding their people that way together. Yeah. And because Mother Earth and goddesses were still honored. So, like, you know, ancient tribal traditions and ancient religions like Hinduism, um, African, a lot of African religions like the Yorba Centuria tradition all include goddesses. Yeah. And those were included. Goddess was included in the word God or in, you know, in the, the concept of that. And mm. at some point with Christianity, we got taken out. We got stripped of our power. We became, and the goddess, the love goddess, Tyler. This love goddess that permeates every single historical culture got divided in two in Christianity. So the mother became Mother Mary, and the whore became, or Mary Magdalene became the whore, the sexual piece of it. Mm. So mother, like so, like caretaker and wild woman, got divided in our um, minds, and and got pressed way lower, like servants of God. Yeah. Right? And that's what religion is teaching the majority of the planet as well. Mm. And one more thing, because I think it's important, is that women have been used as a tool of war ever since men started fighting each other. So because we... Okay. So women are taken. The children are taken. The women are raped. They're bred. And they're using their, their power to, like, take over a culture and in 
inculcate mm. a, a culture through our bodies. Okay, yeah. So we are being used as a tool of war. Yeah. And we have been for centuries. And in the 1400s, this horrible document came out called the Malleus Malefactorum, which called basically any female healer and many other healers um, witches and, and gave us what our concept now of a nasty, scary witch is when really magic is just everywhere around us all the time, in yeah. my opinion, and available. Mm-hmm. Okay, point being, this is so ingrained in our culture. Mm-hmm that it's going to be a challenge for all of us to wake up and we are going to have to call each other on it and be more and be scared as we go through this. Um, So let us now drop in the word toxic masculinity as you did before. Take that lily pad. And also the (laughs) one that you did long ago, which was um, masculinity itself. Like, How can we even define that word now that we know how many influences have helped make that definition, I mm, guess. Yeah. So um, what does it mean to be a man and what does it mean to be a woman are huge concepts. And if you try to define it, I've done it, you find so many overlaps, right? But in this moment, let's just define toxic masculinity and what you're talking about when you say that. I think toxic masculinity to me is um, like anything that is like bad or harmful to either the man himself or the personality or emotional state that that man will be in and is going to hurt other people. Um, So like having like toxic uh, anger or um, I'm trying to think, I guess like, an example would be, you know, a man who isn't, is like so disconnected or so numb to his own emotions that like he only, he only understands like pain and hurt. And so he like comes home and like beats his wife or beats his girlfriend. And then he doesn't, he's so detached from the, the feelings of like sadness and empathy and, and those kind of emotions that like, he doesn't understand like what he even just did. And so that's why 98% of murders are committed by men. Um, and like one in this stat blew my mind is that one in five women have been sexually assaulted. And so I just sat there and like really had to like think about that because all of my friends, like none of them would ever do that. They would never touch a woman like that. And so only 30% of sexual assaults are reported. Hmm. I didn't know that either. I don't know a woman who's never been sexually assaulted. Ask all your women. Just ask them and so, see your see, own statistic. Yeah, but so I see that right there I think is a good point because that when that happens to a woman, then like, one, how am I going to find that out? And when I do find that out, you know, for coming from a man asking a woman, I feel like she's not going to be open and vulnerable to me because she's scared to talk about it or she's scared what might happen or scared what I'm going to think of her or like, you know, what if I do that to her? Or I don't know. I'm not, I don't know what's going through their mind, but that's that when I just heard that I had to sit with it. Cause that was crazy. It's like, so out of every five girls I've ever met in my life, at least one has been sexually assaulted. And it's like, 
So when I re- started reading these statistics and reading these articles and reading the book, The Mask of Masculinity, when I started diving into this project, that's when like, at first I was like, oh yeah, you know, like I need to change. I need to be more vulnerable and self-expressive. And then I realized like, holy shit, like this is a worldwide problem. It's It looks different in other cultures, but like it's all the same problem. And so it like, it's not just, it's not just me and it's not just, it's not just a few men. It's like... Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Okay, let's go back to another buzzword. Everybody get ready to drink or smoke. <laughs> empathy. Mm. Let's talk about empathy. What's empathy? Be the dictionary again. All right. Me being the dictionary, I would say empathy is like your, your ability to sense or see or feel that somebody is sad or uneasy or that like if you did something to them and you know you were in the wrong or like you did something to hurt someone and you can see that it hurt them being empathetic and owning up to that and being vulnerable enough to go up and you know like apologize or say that you or say where you were wrong or if it's a friend and a friend and one starts crying you know being empathetic to holding that safe space for them and like having a shoulder to cry on and not just sitting there with your arms crossed you know like well it sucks for you you know I guess I'll be here when you stop crying and you you know you get over it like that that would be to me you're so detached from being empathetic especially if it's like one of your best friends how can you not I feel like you've got to be so intertwined in like your emotions if you're that close to somebody how could you not feel in some way feel what they're feeling can i be the dictionary yeah like if i if i'm like this and i whack my elbow and you just made a face what yeah, was that i don't know i just got you goosebumps that was weird this is a built-in response that we have as human beings mm. it's like a reflex yeah it's called it's like the mirror reflex i forget what they, they actually like the actual term but there's so whatever when you watch someone hurt themselves you feel the hurt mm, i get that and so I just want to have ask a question on this so like you know people on Instagram or social media they love watching videos of people crashing and getting hurt so do they like that pain and suffering that's a good question and it's probably a total subject for another topic where like the violence of us well our you know the yeah violence in our society and how that comes up but actually empathy the word is about feeling someone else's feels Mm. So it's not limited to pain. So I was on the right track. You're definitely on the right track. <laughs> but what it was interesting to me about all of that you said about toxic masculinity and about empathy were the pain points. Mm. But there wasn't any speak about the passion points, the fabulous. And Ooh. the poly community has a wonderful word word um, they've created called compersion. Mm. So compersion is the opposite of jealousy, basically. You feel happiness for someone else's happiness. Ooh, I like that. Mm-hmm. It's a super, super charm. Conversion? So, mm-hmm. Okay. So, but anytime you feel the thing that someone else is feeling, that's empathy. And... So it doesn't have to be a negative emotion. Yeah. Correct. Mm. Exactly. And I think that's actually some of the issue where, you know, I think women will end up complaining, like, I just tried to talk to my man, and all he tried to do was tell me what to do and fix it, and, like, it was so annoying. And we sometimes we don't need that fixing. We just need the sounding board. We just need yeah. the person to hold space and hear our feelings and process them out loud. Um, and, and so what if a man was able to be that vulnerable where he's processing any feeling uh, out loud, while it's happening 
rather than having to like bury it in, feel it all out, and then like spit it out later. So my question, well, you have something to say about this. Uh, yeah, I just think, so that's a really like intriguing topic, but I think coming from a man's perspective, um, I, I guess it's just in our nature to like, we just want to like fix it, you know, maybe with like a significant other, you know, you don't want to see them down or you don't want to see them hurt about something. So like, you just want to like fix it so you can get them back to where they were. Um, but I totally agree with like holding that, holding that space. I also think men can be really stupid sometimes. So like if it's a significant other, that woman could, you know, say like, look, I don't need your input. You know, like I don't need you to fix this. I just really need you to be like a sounding board. I just need you to sit here and listen. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to make any emotion on your face. Like I just need to get this out and I need you to hear me and be present and hold that space for me. I think men would be a lot more receptive to that. Probably a lot of them who don't like sharing emotions or talking anyways, they're like, okay, cool. I can just sit here. I don't even have to speak. I can just sit here and nod my head. You really don't have to do yeah. anything. And yeah. Go ahead. Well, I think that this is, this brings up so many things. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, just briefly. Basically, most human beings, in my opinion, especially in America, um, are loved and cuddled and squished and pinched and, you know, cheeked and whatever. Yeah. um, Until they're like puberty age. Mm. And then mom and dad stop touching you. Or you stop touching mom and dad. Or for some reason, the cuddles go away at that time. And girls are allowed to, like, have slumber parties and play dress up and put makeup on and touch hair and hold hands and hug and cuddle and giggle and push feed and whatever they're doing. We're allowed so much connection that's platonic and that's um, playful. And we're allowed to just share our feelings and nobody needs to fix it. And we just listen. And Mm. we're allowed to speak about deep subjects with each other. And we're allowed to cry in front of each other and feel things, right? So these are all aspects of intimacy. But for guys who, for some reason, in this toxic masculinity culture, drink yeah. everybody, um, we, <laughs> we, that's like not okay. And so what I see is it's that- It's not normal. Yeah, it's okay, not normalized. great. Yeah, not normalized and not acceptable. Yeah. Yeah, which is what I mean by not okay. Yeah. But thank you, that's a clearer definition. Yeah. And so then, the next time that guys get intimacy where they get to be close with somebody physically they get to share their feelings and talk about real things is with a girlfriend yeah and that means sex so now intimacy has become equated with sex Mm. and i believe that that's why a lot of people and men especially are constantly like jumping toward that end result of sex because they crave that intimacy I mean, I was a snuggle coach, and I, I worked with a man snuggle coach. Guess who was busier? Me. Yeah. Like, the men wanted, they need that, not as much as the women. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just because we're allowed more. So what if you guys were cuddling and holding each other and yapping and talking about real shit together and just listening and showing your feelings? Yeah. That, to me, is like a place that the toxic masculinity has excluded. You're not allowed any of that. Yeah. And I don't know why. So in this moment... Like, to me, that's, for me, that's the goal of all men, is that they find that love and playfulness outside of the bedroom. Yeah. It's not the only place. Yeah, I think that there's been a, there's a negative stigma because the term gay is thrown around so often. Nail on head, Ty Ty. And so, you know, if, like, if you go out with your 
I'll go back to like, you know, being a kid. Um, and yeah, like you can, guys have like, well, they're just called sleepovers for us. Like you can't call them slumber parties because that would be quote unquote gay. And so, and okay, you know, and, but guys, like we don't talk about our feelings. We would just like, you know, play video games and wrestle and do manly things and stuff like that. Um, but back when I was that young, like I had no concept of like what I know now. And so like that was just normal to me. And then as I got older, like then, you know, when you a simple example is like if you go out to the bars with your friends, you know, and then like I go back to my apartment and like my friend is staying with me or whatever, you know, he's going to sleep on the floor or sleep on the couch. Like he can't sleep in the bed with me because that would be gay. Whereas like my sister would do that and she'll have three of her friends sleep in her bed and so all four of them will wake up and they're like oh uh, good morning so and there's that stigma that like you know like we don't we're not going to touch each other like we don't we don't want to be intimate like we're just homies like and but i'm gonna make you sleep on the floor while i sleep in my bed it just doesn't seem like it just doesn't seem fair almost going back to the the sex i think a lot of men, because like you were saying, the next time they get to be intimate is when they're in a significant relationship. So that, and then the sex starts. I think a lot of men get their validation of themselves, of their worth, of how good of a man they are. They get their validation through sex. And so if you're not, if you're not having a lot of sex or the sex isn't good, you know, then like, oh, I'm not man enough or like, I'm not fucking are hard enough and so they, then you're not getting that validation from your significant other and now you're just right back to where you started when you're in that in that dip area of between you know puberty and the significant other where you have no intimacy now you like you have a significant other that you can't be intimate with because you're not getting that self-validation you're blowing my mind right now man i i really wondered why sex had become so important to men mm-hmm. um and, also, and it shouldn't be i mean it should be and it shouldn't be well but the and the you know some of the impact happens to be a lot of erectile dysfunction mm. because now there's so much pressure to perform and keep it hard forever yeah that it, that, it can't even go soft for one second and as soon as it does it's like oh my god it's never going hard again and then you can't get it up yeah that concept is really funny to me. I mean, I have friends that, like, joke about, like, oh, yeah, you know, we're getting older, can't get it up now, or, um, you know, like, or they talk about, like, getting Viagra or whatever, and I'm just sitting here like, you guys, like, we're, we're 27, you really have fucking problems with that right now? Like, ED was just, like, this made-up concept because a Viagra, like, did a side effect of what it wasn't meant to do, and they're like... Oh, it sounds good for me. And they slap that label on it. Ty, Ty, uh, will you please agree to do another podcast with me on the subject of this and porn? Yeah. Let's yeah, talk I think about that, would be that because one. this could be a whole. I mean, I could talk about this for hours. How porn has influenced our sexuality and Definitely. I think it's really important. <sighs> There's been a lot of content in this, and I'm sitting with these concepts that I know tie in, that I've really seen. Um, I think I just want to say this last one to kind of close on. Um, but know that, you know, this shit trickles out everywhere. Yeah. So it's it's important. I would really like to talk with you again about this. Definitely. Um, okay. So the concept that you were touching on, I, what, what 
spurred it for me was you talking about your one person's in the one dude's in the bed and one's on the floor. <laughs> and it's not fair. And people, you know, there's these shirts. I feel so sad actually about them. They're like they think they say smash the patriarchy or something like mm-hmm. that. And patriarchy, patros and matros, the, those words come from um, Latin or Greek, and it's patros is like the the concept the concepts up there in the mm-hmm. air and mattress is the matter mm. and the archie is the bridges between that like the arches right that hold oh, okay. it together so mat- matriarchy and patriarchy are are they are literally the, those words mean they are like staples yeah. of us like yeah. we they are the arches that we live upon yeah and it's in landmark we talk a lot about like you know, working the word, you are your word. Yeah. And that we can, that everything is created in language. And in magic, we say speaking is spelling. Hmm. Right? Yeah. So a spell, literally spelling, is like writing the thing out. It comes from the brain and it's expressed and now it's a concept at least and then you can create it mm. in, the, in the physical world. Yeah. Like that is magic. Okay. So huh. those two concepts are so intertwined actually in our human beingness and in our earth and in yeah. this world, whatever, this D, this dimension. But this we've equated, <laughs> this D, um, we've equated patriarchy with hierarchy because of the kingships, like that the king happened, we were trying to now protect our own land and be the highest person in the land. Yeah. Right? And so it's created a pyramid shape or a triangle shape and you're constantly trying in in the hierarchy you're trying to climb up a ladder or climb up other people or climb up other levels and hold people down to get to the very pinnacle and once you're at the pinnacle you have to defend that place like there's no losing it yeah like king of the hill king of the hill exactly and that has become the definition of success in our society i believe Mm. And it's been equated with patriarchy, which means you have to be on top if you want to be top dog or alpha or all these concepts that we have, like, ingrained. Yeah. And then you knock a person back, for example, with gay or calling them, like, the P word, Mm -hmm. you know? But those are my amazing genitalia from which you came. Yeah. Like, you you know, you're, you're, you're knocking something that's, like, how you got here, right? Anyway. So you knock that hierarchy triangle on its side, and it becomes okay. a circle. Ooh. Okay? So now, in the circle, if, you're, if you imagine standing in a circle with all your friends, you can see everybody. Yep. If you feel there, you know, you stand close enough together, everybody stands shoulder to shoulder, you can, like, support each other, but you also have your free will of your hands. So you have this individuality and this independence and this autonomy in a whole circle of oneness. Mm, I like that. Okay. So the problem is, is that we think in the society, as soon as we drop or knock that, that the tower on its side and everyone has power, that that person, that, ha- that one person that was at the pinnacle had power, now they've lost their power. Yeah. That's what we think is going to happen. Okay. Yeah. Or they have less power. Right. But really, everyone is more powerful together when each individual person has their whole power. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that to me, it's basically the concept of power over versus triangle power over versus circle power with. Mm. So to me, this is why I want to wake people. Let's wake to the power with each other when yeah. every person is valued as a powerful human being that has a contribution to make. Yeah. And we're never trying to hold anyone down or back because we know we are stronger together. Oh, I like that. So it's a bit cheesy, I suppose, but you know, in that view of like. 
Yeah, fuck that every man for it himself. It makes so much sense. Right. If you were to close your eyes and imagine that, it makes it makes sense, especially if you're if you're on the bottom of the pyramid and you're looking up, you can't even necessarily see at the top because everybody else is in obstructing your view at the mm. top, but like you said, if you're standing in a circle, you can look to your left, look to your right, you can look diagonally, you can look across, and you can see everybody in the circle versus if you're at the bottom of the pyramid or if you're at the top of the pyramid, you know, you can see the people on the edges as it widens out, but you can't see the people directly below you. And so you don't even know that they exist or you don't even know that they're there. And so you don't even feel, you don't even feel anything for them and you don't even care because who knows if they're even there. Right. Okay. So that was, I just want to like, I wanted to impart that little concept so you can start to see it in the world. Yeah. Um, and I want to talk about next podcast. I want to talk about reduction, person reduction to objectification as a sexual being or objectification as a wallet, like a hole or a wallet, which are you or a peg or a, a wallet. So we can talk about that later <laughs> when we talk about porn. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed this conversation with you. Yeah, me too. I think I, I learned a lot and I also, I'd like it gets me it gets me thinking about different topics and concepts and so that i can have i mean i'm sure even on some things that i don't have a whole lot of knowledge in you know i still have a skewed or a narrow view even if i think it's a good one or it's the right one or whatever you know talking to different people and opening up this conversation just like getting different perspectives makes you see you know okay, like, I can see, you know, where I was going with this and where they were going, and now we can meet in the middle, and, like, both of these concepts work, so, like, let's run with both of them and have the best of both worlds instead of just, you know, like, even if my way is great, you know, both ways can be better. Mm. I mean, everybody working at their optimum seems optimum to me. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, thank you for unmasking masculinity with me, Thai Thai. Yeah, this was and awesome. I liked my Thai time. <laughs> um, thanks very much for listening, everybody, and have a blessed day. Meow See you guys. Now. Meow. Meow. Do you want me to meow? I really do. <laughs> <laughs> meow. Yay! <laughs>